You're listening to the Physics Ed Podcast. For hundreds of ideas, free experiments and more, go to physicseducation.com.au. And now, here's your host, Ben Newsom. Yes, welcome again to another Physics Ed Podcast. Glad to have you yet again for another chat around science and STEM, the environment and all that sort of thing. And this week we're diving deep and uh, all puns intended, we are talking about the Ocean Lovers Festival, which is this awesomely cool event that first happened in 2019 and by the way attracted 15,000 people no less to check out everything about the oceans and sustainability and things and this year it's only getting bigger and better and this time we get to talk with Anita Colney and Carolyn Grant who are the founders of the Ocean Lovers Festival as well as Dr. Vanessa Perotta who is an amazingly cool researcher who's done a lot of work with drones with whales to, of all things, collect their snot, which is the weirdest, coolest thing. But it's got to do about understanding how the population is thriving and surviving out in the wild. There is so much happening at the Ocean Lovers Festival. We've got speakers from flying in from all over the place, not just across Australia, but from all over the world to talk about sustainability and how it impacts our world, the public itself. There's lots of activities, workshops. There's a beach cleanup. There's heaps of things going on. And it will totally be worth your time. So Anita and Carolyn get to chat really about what the Ocean Lovers Festival is all about and all the things that you can be involved with and your students. And Dr. Vanessa Perotta gets to describe a bit about the work that she's been doing with marine mammal research. And uh, she's got a lot of uh, thoughts around how to get kids involved in science as well. So a lot to chat about. Enough about me talking about it. You want to hear from the people who are actually going to be doing this. So let's dive right in. This is the Physics Ed Podcast. We're all about science, ed tech and more. To see 100 fun free experiments you can do with your class, go to physicseducation.com.au. That's physics spelled F-I-Z-Z-I-C-S. And click 100 free experiments. Uh, we're very excited actually. So it's the Ocean Lovers Festival. It's our second year. And it's a festival celebrating ideas, art, music and actions around oceans which is, I feel like you're downplaying it. It's a huge thing. <laughs> it is a huge thing. That does yeah, you, make it sound a bit smaller. It um, does. So it's co- actually going from the 17th to the 22nd of March. We've got films, talks, eco stalls, an ocean be- a beach cleanup, a paddle out for protection, science workshops. Um, you can actually come along and we're calling it Science in Your Swimmers. And thanks to Vanessa for helping us actually do a photo shoot around that idea. You can walk off the beach in your swimmers and hear and speak to some amazing scientists and people who work with the oceans and who are inventing great ideas to um, help our oceans because we know they're um, under a bit of stress at the moment. And you can actually go to the icebergs pool and jump in and swim with some of our science projects. So we're installing a crayweed forest in the pool uh, and you can find out from the scientists at the Sydney Institute of Marine Science about why that's a really important project, uh, restoring the crayweed to our Sydney coastline. Uh, and also a living seawall tile, which uh, Volvo have sponsored for us. And that's a project that's regenerating all the concrete seawalls around Sydney Harbour with these fantastically designed tiles that replicate the ancient mangrove swamps and help our sea life regenerate and and clean up our waterways. So these are really hopeful projects that people can come and get involved in and actually swim through and chat to a scientist. What a unique opportunity. So that's what the Ocean Lovers Festival is about. That's it. And I've got to say, like, considering um, that you're in your second year, I mean, 
seriously, it was a large thing in your first year. You had 15,000 people on one of Australia's most iconic beaches and wow, it's got a bit of a roll on. And, um, <laughs> and then you really do. I mean, even just looking across what's coming across on the timetable, I mean, there are heaps of projects and workshops and panels and speakers and things to do and everything. It's fantastic. I mean, I've got to ask, um, where did this thought come about that, you know, we need to do this festival, we need to do this thing? Um, the thought came about a couple of years ago. We'd been working on a bit of a bigger project and we thought, how can we actually bring this to a mainstream audience? So I came and met with Kaz through an introduction I got from the Wallara Sailing Club and it kind of grew from there. It's funny how um, things like that just happen that way because, um, you know, I've seen some amazingly cool projects that literally just turn up out of the blue because some conversations started happening and um, now it's huge and you've got resources from all over the place and Nessie, Kind of one of them. <laughs> Vanessa, tell us what you get up to. Well, our research is basically focused on wildlife conservation in the ocean. So anything big that you can see swimming, like a whale, our, our research specifically looks at protecting them. But we do it in ways in which you might not think is possible. So, for example, you were talking about before to have just having a conversation and coming together with ideas. My research has definitely been about that, where I've come together with the science world, but also with technology specialists, in this case, drone experts, together to provide emerging technologies for wildlife conservation, in this case, whale conservation. And so what we're essentially done and continue to do is use these drones that are waterproof and are deliberately flown through whale snot, which is that visible plume of spray that you see as a whale comes up and takes a breath and goes back down and, and swims again. And all this research is actually being done off Bondi, which is fantastic. So to actually link real world research and, and leading in the world with this festival is really powerful and, and quite impactful. It's really cool because I mean, um, one of the things that students have to do is work out how do I solve a problem using a certain amount of stuff? And in this case, trying to get out to whales who clearly aren't on land, which means <laughs> trying to get out to them actually sample, in this case, whales not, is a little bit difficult. So, I mean, there are some people who may not be aware completely how you're doing that with drones. So, I mean, is it right if you could just sort of go down that rabbit hole and sort of let us know exactly what it looks like and how that sort of works? Yeah, absolutely. So, the thing is, I like to explain it as being a vet on the seat. So, if you have a dog or a goldfish or something that is sick, you can literally pick up that animal and take it to the vet. But with a whale, in order to do that, you can't, you can't actually physically do that because a whale can be up to 18 metres in length at least for the humpback whale, and over 45,000 kilograms. So that's quite crazy. So what we do is we hop on a boat, and then on our boat we have our specialist team. We've got the drone pilot, the captain, myself, other, and other people who are there ready to collect samples. And what we do is we put a Petri dish on a drone. So this is a little circle device with a lid, and we stick this on the top of our drone, which can open and close when we want it to do so. Then once we see a whale out in the distance, the drone is flown from the back of the boat over to the whale and it just waits for the whale to come up and take a breath. And we can see what the whales are doing by using the drone's camera, which is cool because we can actually see into the water on a really nice sunny day. And then when a whale takes a breath, the drone is in position, the petri dish opens, the drone is flown through the densest part of the whale snot and then the sample lid is shut and that's flown back to us in the boat where we can then collect that sample and then later in the laboratory look at the types of bacteria and viruses living in whale lungs. So it's kind of like a snapshot of whale health and the ocean health in only a couple of moments. 
which is so very, very cool. Well done, by the way, coming up with this work. I mean, nothing like a world first just not far off uh, Sydney. <laughs> but um, And the thing is, the like, beauty about research is that people can then emulate it and then they can make differences for all sorts of whale species, dolphins and all the rest, which is unreal. And just even thinking about this, Anita and Kaz, the, we've got a – I mean, Vanessa's clearly a, a whale's researcher, but there's a couple of people involved with whales in, the, in this and amongst all the other researchers which uh, people can find out about. Um, at, how did you meet Olaf and Ari? Yeah, that's pretty exciting. In fact, kind of wanted to comment. Um, we launched our program the other day and we had one of the local um, Indigenous uh, yoga teachers actually come and talk to us about the fabulous whale songlines that exist. And, and people may or may not be aware, but there's fabulous carvings all around Bondi of whales in the rocks. So it's been a, a precious home to whale lovers for centuries and we're pretty excited to bring you some excellent new whale lovers to the stage during the festival so Ari's actually flying straight from Antarctica to meet us and uh, uh, come and join the festival and talk to all our festival goers he uh, is with the California Ocean Alliance and probably one of the top researchers in Antarctica for whales and we know how much yeah. people love our whales Ari came to us through a connection, through a photographic exhibition that we're doing with Matt Draper, who's bringing us his extraordinary imagery that he creates from freediving and photographing whales all over the world. He's going to have an exhibition going into a gallery in Paddington for us. And he introduced us to Ari, who's going to come and speak on the science that matches that artwork all about whales. So that's, that's one really exciting uh, component. And then Anita's been in touch with Olaf, you can talk to that. Yes, and Olaf, we got in touch um, via the Australian National Maritime Museum. They said, we, you've got to connect with Olaf. He's an awesome presenter and speaker. And um, we got in touch with him too. And funnily enough, Olaf and Ari actually know each other. So it's a small world in this film. <laughs> the whale world is pretty small. <laughs> the whale world is smaller than you think. Very small. <laughs> no, yeah, it's really exciting. Really and we're just so excited to be able to bring such experts from all around the world to be able to talk and tell people about these amazing creatures. Well, this is the thing, like, like the Ocean Lab tent and what's happening on the Sunshine stage, I mean, there is a lot of cool science, not just sit back passively, like you can actually get involved. I mean, you mentioned the Australian National Maritime Museum, at Bible Aware, they're running workshops throughout that weekend, um, which is, you know. Oh, That's right. And they're bringing oh. down some underwater drones. So, so you might see your own whale. <laughs> it's not quite whale season, sadly. But uh, oh. you'll be able to actually drive an underwater drone and see what's happening off in North the water Bondi. South Bondi. And those dolphins are there all the time, aren't they, Vanessa? You study those as well. So you actually, might yeah, ask... dolphins always make an appearance when you're least expecting it. Well, I've got to ask Vanessa, like, I mean, you obviously have a connection with some of these. I mean, I believe, I mean, something that um, Olaf Maneki, so this, the research from Griffith, was talking about, we could probably do some um, identifying, how you identify which whale is which, just by their flukes and things. I mean, do you see with your research the same ones come down our coastline or do you constantly see new ones? Well, the thing is that this population on the East Coast consists of over 30,000 individuals. So oh my gosh. it's a big, big pool. But having said that, there are some whales that have unique patterns and scarring that I have actually seen the same individual. So, for example, one year there's this famous female known as Blade Runner. And the reason she got her name is not through a very good way. She was unfortunately hit by a vessel and mm -hmm. she has propeller marks down her back, which have since healed, thankfully. And I saw her when I was doing my master's research in 2013 
And then that very same year, and I saw her swimming off Sydney by herself. And at that time, I didn't know it was a she because it's a 50-50 for the whale. And essentially, when she returned down south, my friend saw her with a baby. So she must have been travelling past Sydney pregnant and then that year had her calf. So there you go. Yeah, we do sometimes in Wales. That's awesome. Now, you probably, if you're sitting back listening in the car or walking a dog or wherever you are, um, it's not just about whales. There's all sorts of different stuff going on. And I uh, suppose, um, just, I mean, just think from a large animal point of view, I mean, Kim Wilfenden and, and uh, Emma Mudford from New South Wales Department of Primary Industries are dropping by to do stuff on sharks, which is awesome. Yeah, that's really exciting. We've had lots of interest in that area as well. And um, we've also got an amazing exhibition, actually, called Out of Sight, Out of Mind, where people can go and look into these amazing images with their smartphones. They can dive into them through... We're doing that with our charity partner, Underwater Earth, and they can dive into the images with their smartphones and smart devices and see 360 degrees around them under some of the most beautiful locations in the world. So, I mean, the, point, the reason why I really wanted to have a chat with, with you guys about, you know, what's coming up with the Ocean Lovers Festival is sometimes you see these festivals and they're a series of speakers and they're fantastic, but you don't get a chance to actually interact and do things, especially from a public point of view. And then what I love about this is that there really is something for everyone everything from the art point of view. And actually, remember, there's actually quite a bit of conservation going on down the beach itself. Uh, what's going on with some of these walks and things? With, sorry? With one yeah, the, the, yeah, the, the, you know, the walks that go out to, uh, out to yes. the headland and whatnot to sort of, I think it was working um, with Tom if I remember. We, uh, no, we've got, we've got, that's the beach cleanup. We've got the beach cleanup with Tomra and, um, and we've got a community environment program grant for that, which we're very excited about through Dave Sharma. Um, so that's happening on Sunday at 10 a.m. at the beach for an hour and Tomra will be there with an education station to teach people about better recycling, uh, better ways of recycling their trash. Yeah. And um, that will be followed by a paddle out for protection on our Sydney Coast Hope Spot, which Bondi is part of, uh, from 11.30 a.m. on the Sunday. Um, and the walks you're talking about is actually on the Saturday. So that's with Kadu Tours and they're... It's an indigenous coastal care walk and talk where you get you, you can learn some of the amazing ways that the indigenous um, culture have taken care of our oceans over the years, whether it was leaving the oysters to regenerate one year while they farmed mussels and the, re the reverse the following year. Um, so they've got some amazing stories to tell and some really good bush tucker tasting along the way as well. Well, here's the thing that I like about this. is One of the panels that um, grabbed my eye was... Um, you know, really looking for tech and how people are getting involved with work, you know, doing new things with the ocean in a lot of ways. And, I mean, I know you've got the Sea Bin Project involved, um, yes. which is very cool. I mean, I, I, I mean, I mean, I know about it, <laughs> but it doesn't mean that um, people might have come across it. Just wondering, you want to describe how the Sea Bin Project, like at least what it does and I wonder how people can get involved with it. Yeah, the Seabin was just some two really cool surfer guys that had a great idea um, to how, how to get some rubbish out of our ocean. So they created this little bin that sits in marinas. It's not that little. It actually collects a lot of rubbish um, that sits in marinas and collects rubbish without, yeah, they're kind of like pots, exactly, that collects rubbish and doesn't hurt any of the fish or any of the sea life around. So it floats in the in the water. It literally is a sea bin. That's uh, right. And this project's now in like 150 countries. It's become phenomenally popular and successful. In, in 18 just over 18 months. Yeah, amazing. So uh, Pete Zielinski, our surfer dude, is actually bringing his sea bin down. We'll have it in the 
actually just outside where your science tent's going to be then and we're in the ocean lab he'll actually have a big swimming pool in nice. our eco expo display to show us physically how the seabin works so, so people can come and have a chat with their team and have a look at the actual what it, how it works so much going on like everything from um, i think plastic oceans australia is doing a chat on microplastics uh, i know right. the deep green biotech hub from uts is actually going to go to the science of seaweed which i mean sometimes people go oh just is it just seaweed but here's the point there is more to it <laughs> and actually uh, i remember actually reading something about uh seagrass itself and that it actually is far better uh when it comes to um carbon dioxide um, uh, carbon sink yeah right. <laughs> and people actually realize it's just kind of cool there's so much stuff going on i mean what's i mean if there's anyone is, is actually interested in, in surfing i mean tom wilson's popping down from wave changes about the surfboards they've been building and all the stuff that goes, goes on with that um i mean that's right and we've also got um no top surfboards and war hand planes coming down to so surfboards make made out of surfboards surfboards make out made out of eco and environmentally friendly materials and the war hand planes, planes for body surfing as well and then we've got swimwear made out of recycled fishing nets and shampoo bars and all cool products for people to come and have a look we're actually fully at capacity now with our stalls this year which is really exciting no it's unreal and so i'm just kind of thinking like vanessa like you can hear like there's so much stuff going on and you're at, at the launch here a couple of weeks ago for this you know massive ocean lovers festival and it's just gonna get bigger each year i can totally see that um vanessa just as a researcher, um, I mean, I undoubtedly would know that there'd be students in high school, uh, potentially in primary school, who would love to emulate, you know, what, what you do, basically, and how you got there and whatnot. I mean, if you had a bunch of kids in front of you and they were genuinely interested in, me, you know, doing research in some form of biology or, frankly, any type of science, doesn't matter, what would be some sort of advice that you give to students to at least start, start those first steps? that is a really good question and the first thing i'd say is to follow your passion and i know it kind of sounds a bit corny but if you're identifying what you're really interested about in, in whatever subject maybe it is science technology engineering arts maths biology whatever it is working out that hey i'm actually really interested in this if you're a student and you don't know how to learn more or you want to learn more you don't know which courses to study maybe you're even leaving high school or you might even be in university at university and you're still going oh, i'm not too sure the best thing you can do is surround yourself with people or at least ask ask questions to people like myself and other scientists there like Olaf, Ari and, and there's an opportunity for that transmission of knowledge straight away and it's a first-hand information port of call so to speak so for example science communication we often hear these two buzzwords and they really are important because there are so many people like ourselves doing research that are now becoming so much more visible out there because of social media and people are able to access us and ask these kind of questions and to be visible and to see young kids see people in scientific positions to go oh my god i want to one day work in antarctica maybe not on whales but maybe on krill or something interesting so having that knowledge and that passion and the ability to ask more questions to learn where should i go where's my next step because i really want to make this dream happen and it is definitely possible i mean I'm sure a lot of the people and scientists in the positions that there are now are not just there through pure luck, but rather have worked incredibly hard and sort of asked those questions and said, yes, I'm going to go and try my best. I'm going to volunteer here. I'm going to do this. And hopefully something amazing happens for them in the future. And that's definitely how I got to being where I am. No, I love that. And actually one of the things is that sometimes um, when we were in front of students and they ask, what sort of science can you do? And they often think of the classic, um, you know, the, 
et cetera, et cetera. But you can do all sorts of creative ideas. You can look at certain compounds and suddenly they become amazingly useful for the globe. I'm actually thinking about one of the chats that's coming up in the high tide room, uh, Professor Kirsten uh, Bankendorf. Uh, she's running a chat around called A Snail a Day Keeps the Doctor Away, which is a little odd. But honestly, medicine for mollusks, which you'd never really think of as a thing, but we use chemical compounds in so many different ways in this world. And where they come from can be <laughs> sometimes surprising, but someone had to discover it and someone had to check that it was safe and all this sort of thing. There's so much, I mean, we don't even just think of themis up in the oceans. There's so much out there that it frankly covers two thirds of our world, if not further the globe, the oceans. There's so much there. We haven't barely scratched the surface. And um, that's what I love about what research does. It's just getting out there and just finding out what can we do? What is out there? And um, this festival, 100%, uh, you know, puts it in front and, front and center, right in the heart of Sydney. Um, hey, Anita and Kaz, I mean, this thing couldn't come together without a bucket load of supporters. Um, I was wondering if you give a bit of a shout out to who's been, um, who helped you, you know, get this thing together. Like, I mean, there's a heap of places that have been involved. Yeah, for sure. So very early on uh, for our first festival, interestingly, we got Volvo, the car company on board. And uh, what might surprise people is they have been the first car manufacturer to phase out the combustion engine starting this year. They are very committed to uh, electrification of their vehicles and also actually making components of their vehicles out of recycled, recycled ocean plastics. So they're actually a terrific partner. They've taken the opportunity. Um, they've invested in ocean recovery projects globally and very distinctly here in Sydney with the seawall tile project. So they're a great partner. Tomra were a natural fit and have been really enthusiastic supporters uh, they are the return and earn recycling people. They're one of the globe's actual biggest recycling companies and they're going to bring a lot of insight and education to us because recycling is just such a hot button for the whole population now for a variety of reasons and there's so much better that we can do. Uh, Waverley Council are a, a big partner yep. um, and, and passionate supporters. Clearly they're custodians of, of some amazing parts of Sydney's coast, so a natural fit for us to be homed in Bondi for our first couple of festivals, but we do hope to take it around the country. Uh, and, and other lovely supporters like Ocean Protect, these guys came up with the um, stormwater drain systems that keep a lot of your plastics and a lot of the litter, most of it actually heads out to the ocean. So they're on a campaign to really get every council around the country stopping your stormwater rubbish going out and into our oceans. So they're going to come and speak on some stages and be around actually podcasting all weekend as well. So those guys are actually just really fun to catch up with. And then we've got Inspiring Australia, which is enabling us to do this incredible ocean hub with physics education, uh, which we're very excited about as well. And um, we've got, uh, let me see. Oh, and we also have the Vine Foundation behind our Out of Sight, Out of Mind exhibition. But, and so many other local businesses in Bondi that have come behind us. Yeah. It's so a the massive. whole precinct will be quite activated around oceans and we hope that mood and people's understanding of how important our oceans are, as much as we love them, we're also hurting them. So uh, we're going to give some hope and some direction and then we, we hope we can take that to lots of other places. Yeah. yeah done an amazing job and even just thinking like the competitions like literati liter i never say literati. i can't say this thing literati <laughs> yeah <laughs> no, really literati is going really well and we have actually 
Uh, we've just had another seven entries from Bondi Beach Public School. And we have about 330 school children coming down on Friday to check out all the activations and activities at the festival. Yeah, so just think like uh, massive artworks made out of trash. That's yeah. right. That's exactly it. We'll be on display at the pavilion, so come down and have a look. Absolutely. So if you've never been to the Bondi uh, Pavilion, it's right in the heart of um, the beach. It's right in the centre. You can't miss it. It's the big building. It's there. So uh, again, this it's getting redeveloped in the next year. So this is one of your last opportunities to come and see this lovely historic building all activated all weekend. Uh, and there's some live music and some food. There's lots of good reasons to come down apart from all our excellent science. So um, if you know, people listening in, I mean, obviously in all, all shapes of books, sizes of life, like what they get up to. But I mean, if they've got the opportunity to be in Sydney, clearly we want them to come because this is a free event. Go check it out. So where would they find out more information? So they can go on our website, oceanloversfestival.com. Uh, and we've also got lots of information on all our socials. So we're on Instagram and Facebook, all Ocean Lovers Festival. Absolutely. And uh, if people want to hear, uh, Vanessa, if they want to find out more about what you've been getting up to, uh, where would they find out that? Well, thankfully, I'm an ocean ambassador now, which is very exciting for the Ocean Lovers Festival, which is very proud to be. So you can find more information about my work on the actual website as well, but also you can head to my, my own website, which is vanessaparotta.com. And so there'll be always be linking to the festival and doing a lot of promotional work for the festival as well, but also generating these ideas that come out of it and be a person to, to be someone that you can go, hey, I saw this at the festival. What does this mean? Or can you give me some more information about this? This is so cool. So totally helping out in all the ways I can possibly do so. Happy to help you. Absolutely. Thank you. You're a legend, Vanessa. <laughs> uh, very, very, very cool. And, um, and again, like, again, com. Check it out because this, uh, the thing is, this website's a moving feast because as you get more and more stuff, it keeps on growing and growing and growing, which means there's going to be a lot more information that you can find even after the festival. So if you're listening to this and it's August 2021 or whatever, jump on their website because there is a lot of content that you can find and you can apply some of these ideas in your classrooms or wherever you are. And uh, I definitely know you get a lot out of it. Hey, all three of you, thank you very much for joining uh, me on the podcast. I'm really looking forward to this. And um, we'll be down at the Ocean Lab uh, on from Friday, Saturday, Sunday of that weekend. Again, that weekend is the uh, it's from 17th to 22nd. But the weekend is the 20 to the 22nd of March, exactly. yes. Yeah, it's pretty much. And so it's going to be absolutely all all pistons firing on on that weekend on, on the 21st and 22nd because that's the, the, big, the big deal when there's so much going on. Even if you just only pop down for an hour or so, definitely do so. And if you can't make Sydney, there are some VR experiences that you can get involved. So, <laughs> so definitely jump on oceanloversfestival.com and you can find out that information. Hey, thanks very much. Um, have a thanks fantastic day. Thank you. Thanks so much. We hope you've been enjoying the Physics Ed podcast. We love making science make sense. Why don't you book us for a science show or workshop in your school? If you're outside of Australia, you can connect with us via a virtual excursion. See our website for more. Well, there we go. We just heard from Anita Colney, Carolyn Grant, and Dr. Vanessa Perotta. Are you interested? Do you want to check out the Ocean Lovers Festival? I definitely think it's worth it. And by the way, if you can't make it this year, see if you can make time next year because this is going to be going on and on and on. 
and there is going to be a bunch of information that you can check out on the website which will support your teaching and learning and frankly just finding out stuff for sure. So definitely, again, their website, Ocean Lovers Festival, all one word, dot com, oceanloversfestival.com. And if you want to check out what Vanessa's been getting up to, just look up vanessaparotta.com. So Vanessa, P-I-R-O-T-T-A.com. And you can just check out all of her research, her TEDx talks and all that sort of thing. So look, enough from this particular podcast episode. We have got more and more things coming up throughout the series this year. But again, do check out the Ocean Lovers Festival. We're really proud to be involved in it. And I'm really looking forward to it. It's not that far away and it's going to be a lot of fun. Bye for now. You've been listening to another Physics Ed podcast. We're excited about science. Subscribe to us on iTunes to download the next episode as soon as it's released. And don't forget, for hundreds of ideas, free experiments, our new Be Amazing book and more, go to physicseducation.com.au. That's physics spelled F-I-Z-Z-I-C-S. This podcast is part of the Australian Educators Online Network. AEON.net.au